American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is Perfect Purpose, and this is American Football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-host, Coach Q. What's going on, Q? What's up, Perfect? We back, baby. We back. Hey, man. We got a good one today. The AFF yeah. podcast is available on all major platforms, including YouTube. Wherever you listen, be sure to follow, like, subscribe, and rate us. Anything less than five stars tells us that you are a hater. Don't be a hater. Okay, so we're two weeks away from playoffs now. We just finished week 12. So let's look at the playoff picture again for a couple of minutes before we get into the week. First place, Crocs at nine and one. Second place, Butchers at eight and three. Third place, the Roosters at five and five. Fourth place, the Steelers at five and five. Fifth place, the Royals at five and six. Sixth place, UNC at four and seven. And in seventh place, the Wolverines who are 0 and 10. Now, we, we're pretty much still talking about the same teams for the last two weeks. And I tell you the truth, I'm ready for the playoffs now. Like, I don't think they really need to be any more games. The way it's set up right now, I think that's how we should just jump into the playoffs today. What do you think? I, I think we're in a good spot with the, the order right now. Yeah, I think we're in a good spot because, I mean, well, I don't know. I'm not going to say that. I I, I mean, I, I would rather see the Royals in the playoffs than the Butchers. I mean, not the, the Butchers, Steelers. I'm sorry. The Steelers right now, though. So The, the crazy part is I, I agree with you. I would rather see the, the Royals than the Steelers, but they had their chance. Yeah. <laughs> they true. had their shot. They could have beat the Roosters once, even, you know. Um, yeah. Now that the Roosters and Steelers, basically Roosters, Steelers, and Royals all have five wins. It's a point system, so it doesn't matter if the Royals are five and six. They all have five wins, and the Royals are last, which means if they all finish with six wins, the Royals are last, yeah. and they'll be yeah. out. And between what's left in the season, the Roosters have – Crocs and Wolverines, they're going to win six games. They're going to probably beat the Wolverines for sure. Yeah. So they're going to lock it in. And then the Steelers have Wolverines and the Crocs. They have the same schedule. Yeah. So the Steelers might end up winning two games. You think they might beat the Crocs at the end of the season? For I, the, I mean, uh, I don't think the Crocs should even try to play. They'll try to win that game, really. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. But, again, devil's advocate, if – the way it looks, it should finish exactly how it is. Roosters should be third, Steelers should be fourth, Royals should be out, and they should cry about it. And that's fine because it happens. I still have – no, I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm just going to stick to the playoffs. <laughs> uh, but sticking to the playoffs, if the Steelers – if they win two, they would be the three seed instead of the Roosters, right? Like say the Roosters lose to the Crocs and then beat the Wolverines – and then Steelers win both. Steelers go three, Roosters go four. What do you think is more uh, cinematically? I think they should try great. to do that. I what? think the Steelers should try to win too because then the Crocs got to play the Roosters in the first round. And I think for the Steelers, they would rather probably play the Butchers than 
than the Crocs. <laughs> Just being honest. I, I would say, like, I agree with you, except for the fact that I think the Crocs, no offense to the Crocs or the Butchers, but none of them want to play the Roosters. Yeah, no. Like, it, that's what it is. Yeah. And that's what it should be. If I was the Butchers, I would be deathly afraid of playing the Roosters in the semifinals. In the playoffs, yeah. Just in the I, playoffs, period. I'm, <laughs> if I was the Butchers, they're – I would do what if you need to if someone you need to send a player somewhere else to make sure that the Roosters aren't the three seed. Like whatever needs to be done, make sure that the Roosters don't win because I would be afraid if I was the Butchers. But the Crocs, on the other hand, I don't think they're. I mean, it doesn't really matter who they play. I think if they play the Roosters or they play the Steelers, they're, in my opinion, the better team. But I yeah. still I agree with what I think we've been saying, especially Chris, even though he's not here, been saying on the podcast is that you don't really want the Roosters in the playoffs this year. You don't you don't want to play them in the playoffs. They have they have that it factor tool, even though they is again, I'm still going to say this over and over. They haven't really beaten quality teams this year. And when they had a chance to beat a quality team, they let them come back. That still doesn't mean you want to tempt fate in the playoffs. <laughs> it's yeah. it's not a team you want to. That Kittner rule factor. They got a Kittner factor. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. You don't want to accidentally kick it to him or something. Or um, hap, there's not one team in this league. Well, I take that back. There is one team that has a player that can guard him, and but that team might not be in the playoffs. Yeah. Which, but um, even even but not to go too far in this, but even I, I what I like from the Roosters yesterday, I'm gonna say this quick. I like that they finally started going to Santu. Santu, yes, we gotta talk about I it at the game. Like, ah. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk about it, you know, during that yeah. time. But I'm so maybe somebody was listening to the podcast. Maybe somebody was throwing the ball to my uh my vote as the best receiver in the mm. league, best finished receiver in the league. In my opinion, he just don't get like I said. He don't get you know most under displays like utilized, yeah, yeah, underutilized receiver. Gosh, that's good. Yeah, we got to talk about that in the game too because that's something that I I noted as well is that they finally got him a lot of reps, which looks really good for their team. But Mm -hmm. I guess that's the playoff picture. It's I I think it's pretty much over for the Royals. They need they need the Roosters and the Steelers to both. They need one of those two teams to lose to the Wolverines. <laughs> I it, honestly, if the Steelers lose to the, the Wolverines, Steelers. <laughs> that gives the Royals a chance to make playoffs. The Steelers better not. But the way they looked <laughs> yesterday, oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean the team that we saw. I mean, honestly, the team you saw. I don't yesterday, know who was playing yesterday. I don't know who was that losing they, yesterday. They could. I, that was, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> But that's the playoffs. We'll we'll get into that later. <laughs> the players of the week have been announced on our social media channels earlier this week. But of course, let's get into our picks in depth and explain the stats as well as outside the stats. First up, offensive player of the week. I mean, he needs no introduction. In Paul, we trust Christian Paul, running back, senior Crocodiles. In this game, he had 32 carries, 202 yards, four touchdowns, a 6.3-yard average. 
Like it when you look at the stats after he's like, okay, he had 30 carries, 200 yards. Oh, they must have really needed him in this game. I didn't really feel that way in the game. Like I didn't feel like they were like leaning on him heavily, but it just they couldn't stop him. Look at his average, 6.3 yards average. They're handing him the ball in in the rhythm of the offense, and they were noticing that shoot. If they're not gonna slow him down, just keep feeding them. And mm-hmm. CP does what CP does best. He keep running. And in this game, he looked like he always does. I feel I feel a little bad saying that because I feel like we've been saying this for five years, six years almost, where CP is he looked like CP. He don't change. You just go out there and do. do his thing. It don't matter who you line up. And this week, it was ridiculous how good he was. And then even at the end of the game, uh, they 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 didn't go all Seattle Seahawks on him and throw a pass down there in the red zone. They gave it to CP, and he come through for you time and time again. And this game is, I think, it's going to be the last like competitive game that they play probably for the rest of the season. I mean, rest of the regular season. The next two weeks, they don't play as competitively because the games don't matter to them. But it was good to see him just continue to be a great player. What were your thoughts on him this week? Nah, CP, man, you know, I know I had text, I had text during the game from a few different group chats, and, and they were like, uh-oh, it's getting, it's getting close. And I was like, don't worry, CP will make it happen. <laughs> and they exactly what happened. And, you know, you seen the back and forth that was going on in the fourth a little bit. And then I knew once, you know, I was like, if the cross got a chance and they got time, like I think they're gonna score. And they did. And CP was a big part of that. I mean, like you said, you know, we 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 haven't seen the 60, 70, 80 yard runs of CP like we did before. But it's a little more finesse now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they give it to them when they need to. I mean, thirty-two attempts, two hundred yards, four TDs, averaging almost six six point five yards. Man, you can't beat that. You know, with with him playing the way he's playing, going into you know closer to the playoffs, it's just you know CP being CP. Man, the Crocs the Crocs got it together right now, and I don't think it's any situation during the game that they're not prepared for. And you can obviously tell that because they know exactly what to call, they know exactly what to do um, in those situations. And CP, man, he's just still doing him, still balling, still coming through for his team. Also, shout out to him playing a little bit of a wildcat quarterback in this game. We should have put him down oh, yeah. as a running back <laughs> slash quarterback for this game. But um, moving on to the next guy for player of the week, defensive player of the week. Raul Khalifa, linebacker from the Wassa Royals. He had 12 and a half tackles, a sack, and an interception. And this young kid, I mean, he's he's been doing it all year for them. Um, he is, in my opinion, definitely undersized to be a linebacker. Like he's not like an outside mm-hmm. linebacker. If you're looking at him and thinking, oh, he must be playing this. No, he in the box. He's either the strong or the mic. I don't know what their system is at all, but it's him and Laman Latika inside. And for a small guy, like he's not a, a big kid yet. He's he's only like 16, 17 years old. He get in there. He get in the mix. And a a lot active. of these tackles, he's – he's. I don't know the, these stats. I haven't looked at it, but a lot of his tackles are solo. Like 
he he's chasing a lot of times in their defense, he's chasing down players more than he is meeting them in the hole. But in this game, there was a lot of times where he had to make business decisions against Christian Powell. Now, what I like about the way that he plays is in those business decisions, like Christian Powell is much bigger than him. In those business decisions, he yeah, he made smart business decisions and went down low, grabbed them ankles, put them together, held on tight, and brought them down. And that's something like similar to what you were saying earlier about Christian Powell is we haven't seen a lot of those like long broken runs. Raul Khalifa is the reason why. Like normally a a linebacker would try to hit that running back up high. Christian Powell would shake him off and then leave everybody. But you'll see a lot of times, and even in this game, there's a lot of times where Christian Powell is like jerking, trying to get away free because somebody holding on to them ankles. I know 56, holding on to them ankles. And I don't care what your thoughts are about like how you tackle. The job of the tackle is to get the person down. And that's what Raul Khalifa yeah. does. He finishes I, plays. Yeah. I, I, he's he's my favorite defensive player right now um, in, in Finland. Um, just watching him over the last few weeks, man. But for him to be 16 is ridiculous. Like, like I don't I don't know if people out there understand how hard it is to be in that box. I know grown men that don't want to be in that box. And uh, you got a 16-year-old who's not just in there, he's actively in there. Um, came up with a big pick um, to put him in a position to go back down and score. Um, and the crazy thing is he fumbled the first kickoff. Kick oh, yeah, he did. And then and then came back and gave that team 100% of him. 100% of him. Played his heart out. They came up short, but it wasn't from his effort. Um, he was everywhere, and that's what you want. I think Sepo's man, you need be whatever you do, you better keep him in Vossaburg because if <laughs> if any any coach right now, hey, you know, I know they probably should not say stuck in Vossel, but that boy is the future of the Maple League, and he's gonna be a great player. Like mark my words, if he stay with it and he keep playing, he's coached the right way, um, he's gonna be a great player because a 16-year-old with almost 13 tackles, an interception. And I think he calls a fumble, a fumble recovery or something. Like, you can't beat that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, he got so, that. Shout out to Rob. He got that sack. I don't even think – I think he got in there so fast. I don't even know if he knew that the quarterback was still there. He almost ran by the quarterback when he got the ran sack. By, yeah. yeah. He just an active player, man. I like him, though. He he, he can keep balling, man. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. All right, let's talk about some of the key player performances from the week. And again, for all the haters, we limit it to two players per game. And actually, one game, I think I only did one player because honestly, it just wasn't enough. And we don't worry about stat padding. We're more concerned about maximum impact. But sometimes the stats do match the performances. So first player got up is Seth Rowland, running back from UNC Crusaders. 25 attempts, 216 yards, three touchdowns, 8.6 average. 248 all-purpose yards. They played the Wolverines. The only one that was doing anything in this game was number four. 
<laughs> there's no disrespect to him, but he did everything they needed him to do. He's always been the, the key of the offense. You knew he was going to be the key of the offense. The Wolverines still couldn't stop him. And more than talk about how great he is or how great he was, if you watch this game, I don't know when this happened. I hope it's on top plays. But I want you to remember the play where he's running. He he gets grabbed by a Wolverine defender. I won't say the defender's name, but I'm 100% sure that the defender and him know who that guy is. But he gets grabbed by a defender. The defender, like, hugs up on him for almost a full two seconds, just holding on top of him. And he eventually just shrugs this dude off, spins out, and takes off. That's Seth Rowland. Seth Rowland is the guy that you can't just grab him and think, oh, the play over. He's going to go down because I'm bigger than him. He's not going to ever give up. He's going to always be able to create something out of nothing, especially with the team that he's playing on. And he did it again this week against a Wolverines team that honestly, defensively, they should have been able to do much better. But again, you can't do anything if you're going against Seth Rowland. It is what it is. So, did you have anything you want to say on him, or you're good? Well, I'll, I'll say this, man. Seth, Seth had probably one of the best seasons, I think, uh, of a lot of players in the league. Probably the most consistent um, player in the league week to week. He he showed up pretty much every game. Yeah. I don't remember a game where he didn't almost go for 200 total yards. Uh, but you can see the burst that he has. It never went away. Um, unfortunately, just the team didn't put it together all season like they needed. They needed, they needed some depth in other spots, but – um, Seth definitely helped that team out a lot. Probably will be the MVP of their team anyway. Um, but he did, he did, you know, he did what we expect Seth to do. I ain't even go lie. Like we, we expect him to go. If he don't go two hundred, something wrong. So, <laughs> right, um, yeah. But I agree with everything you say. He just, he just a consistent player. Honestly. All right. Next guy I got on here is Eli Elijah Watson. Sorry about that. Uh, defensive lineman, senior Crocodiles, he had eight and a half tackles, two sacks in, in this game. Defensively, the Crocodiles, it's hard to really, like, pick out a guy a lot of times because overall their their entire defense is really good. Everyone makes plays. But this week, number two, he stood out a little bit, got in the backfield a lot, was able to create havoc. The eight and a half tackles, honestly, that's more than I thought he had. Because I was watching the game, I was just like, okay, okay, he's getting into it. Watson is everywhere. But to get those eight and a half tackles, that's probably more like 12 tackles because he probably had assisted tackles in there. And, I did, again, I didn't look at the stats when I chose them. But now that I see the stats, it kind of matches what I thought I saw. And what he did in this game was he stood out among some of the best defenders in the league. Like, I honestly, right now, I could pick six players from the Crocodiles defense and say that, they're top in the league and to stand out in that group is really impressive. And he did that this week. Um, next guy I got on here, <laughs> alpha Jallo athlete, Wasser Royals. Cause I want, I want y'all to hear his stat line, three receptions, 39 yards, one tub, three rushes, 23 yards, one tub, two returns, 72 yards, but that's misleading because he had an 87-yard touchdown that was brought back for Taunton. So just remember that that really was two 87 yards, one tub. And then he had five tackles playing defense. So what this guy did in this game was he did 
everything physically possible to help the Wassa Royals win. He ran the ball. He caught the ball. He did special teams, and he played defense the entire time. And the five tackles might not sound like a lot, but he was playing corner. He was he was following Yane Sarkola around the field. He was traveling with one of the best receivers in the league and being active in every aspect of the game for the Royals. This is the epitome of a great football player. There's nothing bad you can say about what Alpha did in this game. He played his heart out. Unfortunately, it wasn't enough to get the team to win. But if you believe in, you know, moral victories, it was it was a great moral victory. I don't know who believes in that, but <laughs> you can't take away from the fact that if there's ever anything good that happens in this Wasa team, Alpha Jalo has something to do with it. And even in this week, the fact that they were winning this game, they were in this game had a lot to do with the fact that he was able to be impactful in all aspects of the game. I think the only thing that Alpha Jallo is missing in his game is maybe being a kicker or, or a receiver. I haven't seen him. <laughs> but outside of that, he was just a, a phenomenal athlete this week. And, I mean, I I feel a little, a little bad they weren't able to get the win, but that's how it go when you play against the best. Uh, you had any thoughts on Alpha? Man, you know, uh, what was what's crazy is the Royals are never out of the game. And a big part of it is because of him and Timothy and Swarsky. They always got that big hit in them. And uh, I, I knew Alpha was going to try to do everything possible for them to get this win. Um, unfortunately, they came up short. But, it, you know, uh, it, take, it takes a lot to play offense and defense and to be effective on both. And uh, I, the taunting penalty, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, because he didn't, he didn't look at one of their players and act like he was, you know, trying to wait till they come tackling. He obviously was trying to run some of the clock down, so that was like kind of premature. But I know they said if you do anything before you run in the end zone, that it's a penalty or whatever. But I didn't like that call. But the crazy part was, I think he scored in the very next play. Yeah, he played. <laughs> like, he, he ran an out route receiver. <laughs> yeah, he ran a deep out and, and got a touchdown. So the ball don't lie. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, Alpha man, he you know he's an amazing player, um, athlete. He can do it all, really. You know, it's just unfortunately that they they came up short, but he he definitely had a display of uh of plays that you know is Alpha like. So yep. And then next guy I got on here from the Helsinki Roosters, Santu Vekamaki, who has six receptions, fifty eight yards, two touchdowns. I don't know about you, but after watching the game, I feel like somebody cheating his stats somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he had be. like twelve catches and two hundred yards in this game because everything they needed they got from Santu, and it was good to see him kind of like come up big for them. Um, whenever Dimitri Sinadinos threw him the ball, he made plays. The two touchdowns he scored, those are probably top plays for this week as well because. He was one of them. He just took it off the defender's head. Another one is a tight window, which you got to give credit to the quarterback putting it out there as well. But he's a big target and he makes big plays if you give him an opportunity. And that's what we saw. We saw in this game, he was given a little bit more opportunities and he played well. And in my opinion, he is a wide receiver. 
So play them like one. And if they play them like one, instead of kind of using them like a, a trick tight end, this is what you get from him. He's one of the best in the league, like you said earlier. And this week, I think he had a little bit of a, a coming out party or what you could expect from the playoffs when you go against the Helsinki Roosters is more than just, you know, Kittner is they also have another guy on the other side who can who can hurt you. So you have to play up honest. What were your thoughts on Santu? Yeah, Santu, uh, like I've been saying all all year, man, he, he needed to get the ball thrown to him. As simple as that. You can see what he can do. You can see the, the confidence, the the way he walked, the way he talked. Like, he's one of those receivers, like, giving me the ball. Like, what, what are we waiting on? You know what I'm saying? And it's, and it's uh, some receivers are, are are guys that, you know, whatever whatever play the coach calls, all right, if I'm open and they throw it to me, then good. I'm going to go back out there and throw it. But I can see the passion that Santu has. It's like, what are we doing? Throw me the ball. And you should feel that way. If you're if you feel like you you're better than most people you playing around, and I think Santu got that mentality. He works hard. Uh, he's a big play receiver, and he could do a lot of things for the Roosters in the future too. Um, I think they should at least gave him. I, I think Santu stats would be crazy if he can get the ball like ten times. If they could give him the ball like ten yeah. times a game, or try to give him the ball ten times a game, I think he just had a crazy, crazy. I, it's no reason why he should go through a season without ten touchdowns at yeah. least. But maybe he'll be featured more um, coming into this playoff time because he's a big target. Red zone, you got to go to him. Um, if, if we don't get it, then it's then it's just you know we don't get it. But I got you. Got to go to him. You have to get him involved. Um, Kittner is gonna get involved, but Santu has to be involved too. If you can get Santu involved, then that keeps the other safety uh, on Santu's side at bay. He doesn't get the help out on the other side. Well, Kittner was on the one-on-one, so he doesn't get to help out over there that much in the middle of the field. But Santu is a threat itself. So um, shout out to Santu, man. I can't wait to see what else he do, you know, the rest of this year, man. Because I've been, I've been, I've been hollering his name all year, man. I'm just glad they finally, finally, finally saying, hey, let's get him involved, like every game. Just, took, I think it just took him a little while to get the quarterback and him on the same page. But last guy I want to talk about, other half of the equation in Helsinki, Danny Kittner. Wide receiver, Helsinki Roosters, eight receptions, 108 yards, one touchdown. He is him. Um, I'm not even going to talk a lot about Danny just because you know who he is. He's out here. He's done this every week since he's got here. Is He puts up numbers, and he makes this offense a threat. And that's just really great performance from him again this week. Uh, him and Santu kind of in cohesion this week, but – He's always going to be the number one guy, and even against this team, he was number one guy. You knew he was number one guy. Couldn't stop him. He did his thing. Um, a lot of his catches were really immaculate. He had that one where he like laid out in between the safety and the defender. I think he was playing from the slot, and like he like dove and caught that thing. Man, that, it was a real good play. And then even his touchdown yeah. was double coverage. That's what he did really good in this game. Was you knew Danny was going to get the ball. They put two guys on him. They put a, a defender on him, and then he always had a safety on top, and he still caught the ball. Like You can't stop Danny Kidner, and just what he did in this game, that's what made him a, a top performer is you can't stop him. Like I think someone said it online. I don't know if I'm, if I'm taking it verbatim, but someone said, NFL, please take this man back. He out here playing with people. <laughs> <laughs> He needs to be out there. He's definitely uh, not saying that, you know, 
he's too good for the Maple League, but I mean, this guy should be he's on a wild card, man. Yeah, he. It's, just, be... it's getting crazy how dominant he is at that position, and how there's no yeah. real way to stop him. Yeah, he, he he's gonna be a problem in the playoffs, a problem for for every defense he play against, and he's just a big play guy. You can't get Kidner salute this man. If he was there from the beginning of the season, maybe the Roosters' record wouldn't be what it is. Oh yeah, he might be in a different position. Definitely, um, but that was a big big pickup for them. Big grab for them because he's definitely paid off. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know how if we could do stats in that way, but he easily is a plus two wins. Like that adds two wins just by having him in the first couple of weeks. Flag football in Finland. Yes, the annual AFF Turkey Bowl flag football tournament is back for the fourth consecutive year. This year's 5-on-5 flag football tournament will be held on November 11th at Mukala Sports Hall in Lati. Men's and women's teams are invited to play in a fun and competitive environment with bragging rights on the line. Registration is open until September 1st, so sign your squad up today. Registration can be completed at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash turkey dash bowl. We all know the results of last weekend's games. And if you don't know it, you can go follow us on Instagram at American Football in Finland, where we put up the weekly scores every Sunday. Okay. And that'll tell you who won technically and what the scores was, and as well as their records. But what we're going to do is talk about which teams won or lost in the essence of the game. And the first game, we have the Crusaders versus the Wolverines. It was a normal blowout that we expected, but just for theatrics, who won or who lost the game, Q? Uh, <laughs> UNC won the game. Uh, UNC won the game. Seth, RJ, you know, what we expected him to do against them. Um, one thing I will say, not just to say this because it's my home play, but I, I feel like if RJ played defense, let's just say he's – on the end part of his career playing receiver. Not saying he is, but if he played defense, I think RJ would still have eight to ten interceptions per season. <laughs> yeah, like he can get <laughs> interceptions. He, you know, he's that was his, like, fourth interception of the year. He's going to be, like, top three in the league. Yeah, yeah. And, like, playing both ways is crazy, man. Like, watching them, I'm like, oh, the USC started off with so much potential um, roster-wise. It's just the depth was a was a problem, man. And it, it you know, against the Wolverines, obviously this is supposed to happen. But if they could have had this type of play, you know, against some of the better teams and finished out some of those games, they'd have been in a better position. But uh, Crusaders definitely won the game. Wolverines been a tough one, but they, you know, they fight and they play hard too. So uh, it's just one of those games that it's hard to get up for because it doesn't really mean anything for either team. It's just more stats. You know, getting stats right now, but yeah, USC won out fair square. Yeah, I agree with you. Best thing about this game was that Seth got 248 overall yards. So that means, excuse me, he needs 252 yards, I think. I think a look, because he was like, he had 2,000 yards before this last game. So now he has close to 250. So he needs a little bit over 250 to finish this season with 2,500 yards, all-purpose. 
which is incredible in 12 games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do my my calculator so I can know what that is math-wise. So he he basically averaging 208 yards a game. So he I mean 200 times 12 is 2400 and to get 2400 he needs about 150 yards. So if he gets like 200, he's going to average a little bit over 200 yards a game this season. And that's incredible. And, I mean, that's probably the best thing that happened in this game was he he didn't lower his average. <laughs> he statted up yeah. when he's supposed to. That's why I say every every time a team plays Wolverines, like this is your stat game, get your stats up. Um, one thing about the Wolverines is this probably was the only game – well, not the only game, but it's one of the few games where you – I mean, you're going to score more points. You actually had 20 points. And the Wolverines, they had the, the opportunity in this game to maybe pull an upset. I know it never looked like it watching the game, but if that defense could have, you know, done a little bit better, I feel like their offense played about as good as you can expect because the mm-hmm. Crusaders' defense is not good. So, you know, putting up 20 against them is, I mean – that's possible for the Wolverines of all people, but defensively they just couldn't couldn't handle, in my opinion, Seth Rowland. Like I said, the epitome of this game and even his season is when there was someone on top of him, and they just assumed that he would go down, and he shrugged that person off and then left. Like that's how it was for the Wolverines. This game is they there was opportunities and they just weren't able to finish against this team because this team has that kind of talent. Do you love football? Do you enjoy the AFL podcast? Well, we need your help to keep this party going. If you think you can be an asset to our team, please contact us immediately about joining the AFF squad. Email all inquiries to AmericanFootballInFinland at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram. Next game up, we got the Royals versus Crocodiles, and it was a good one. (laughs) It came down to it. In your opinion, though, <laughs> did the Royals lose this or did the Crocodiles <laughs> win it? This is going to be a tough one. I think this is tough. I think it can go either way. Oh, man. this is uh, It could go either way, but I'm not even going to try the Crocs like that. <laughs> I'm not even going to do the Crocs like that. Um, I think what happened is is the, the Royals knew what they needed to do to have a chance, so they showed up for this game and really took, took – took the opportunity to try to like, you know, beat the Crocs. Um, I think they watched film um, on the Crocs and that helped a lot. Um, they put certain people in certain areas that could help them um, defensively um, because it wasn't really, it wasn't really like a dominating fashion win. Um, the Royals was, were in there. Like they, they were going back and forth for punts. Um, Whitehead couldn't get any major, uh, big throws downfield on the regular. Um, he had to run the ball a few times to get some first downs. But I, I can't say that the, the Royals lost the game. They were in a position to win it. Um, but they weren't supposed to win. So, and in, in, in actuality, I think uh, the Crocs just, they made it interesting. Um, if you want to say so, they made it interesting. But that's the thing about good teams. Um, it's not always pretty. And when you get in situations where the other team seems like it has momentum or it seems like they're in a position to win, you find a way to take back the lead or you find a way to score and, and get that win. And that's just good teams. 
Um, some people might feel like they got a little chink in their armor a little, a little bit, but I don't. I think they just so happened to be playing against one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the best running backs in the league, one of the best athletes in the league. And anytime you got all three of those in the same, you know, the same team, it just goes like that. So yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I I will I'll be honest with you, and now I'll talk about it. You know, after the last couple of weeks, and you know the the social media backlash from the Royals, I want to say. It came out here and lost, but I won't disrespect the crocodiles like that either. I really think that if you look at this game and I'm going to talk about what we talked about in the group chat as well is the last drive for the crocodiles lasted four minutes and 11 seconds. So with four minutes left in the game, the Royals are up by three. At that point, that's one of those situations where it's anybody's game. There's four minutes left. One team has the ball. Both teams have the opportunity to win now. It's not a comeback. Like you said, the score was going back and forth in this game. So you can't really just say like, oh, well, the Royals were up and they lost. No, they went up in a game where both teams were going up in this game. It went what? It was 19 to 7. The Royals came yeah. back, if you, if you really want to talk about it. It was 19 to 7, and then they went up scored twice and went up 21 and 19. That's not them being ahead. That's them coming back. Cause when it was 19, 19 to seven, I was like, Oh, it was halftime. I went to sleep. Thought this game was over. I went to sleep. I was like, Oh, Crocs going, you know, open up the door the second half. And they didn't. I woke up the next morning and found out they didn't. And then I watched the, the second half of the game to see what really happened. I was like, that don't make any sense. How they let them come back. The Crocodiles won this game, but there is a chink in their armor. And I know you said there's some people going to say that. I'm the people that say it. There's a chink in their armor. Mm-hmm. And I, I think they know it as well. And last time I was in Porvu talking to, you know, people from the Crocodiles team, coaching staff and players included, they lightheartedly admitted to that chink. But maybe some people that are listening don't know. Look at the third quarter. Look at the third quarter. Crocodiles, first of all, I don't know if maybe it's like confidence, arrogance, cockiness. I'm not sure. But, and again, I'm trying to keep this show PG-13. But in the third quarter, I have to say, the the Crocodiles like to fuck around and find out, okay? (laughs) That's what they like to do in the third quarter. (laughs) You tell me, you're winning 19-7, to and in the third quarter, you come out in the second half, and have your star running back playing quarterback the whole drive. And they ain't getting nothing out of it. But he was playing quarterback the whole drive. Like, that's how you start the second half is in a a, a formation and a set of plays that you don't need to use at this time. Like, having that Wildcat is a great tool. But you're up by two scores starting the second half. There's no reason to pull that out. There's no reason. But they do. And he doesn't get them anywhere. And then their opponents get the ball and score. And then when they do put the quarterback in, I want to say he threw a pick when he came back in, when Zach Whitehead came back yeah. in. Yeah, he threw it the route. Yeah, that's what Rob threw a pick, which gives the other team momentum. And next thing you know, you're down 21-19 instead of being up 19-7 like you were. And that's the chink for them. Now, the reason I say chink is because <laughs> – 
they they might mess around and find out, but they ain't gonna let you win. <laughs> they gonna yeah. Yeah. At, the, at the end of this game, um, when they got down, next thing you know, they they drive down the field. I think they had a what a four minute drive. I'm looking at stats now, guys. I'm just looking at the scores. But in this game, after they got down, they drove the field and scored, put together a drive, which they could do any time of the game. And again, just in the third quarter, they just did they didn't stick to what they what they did well. I think that's a little bit of like overthinking the situation. You know, you go into mm-hmm. it half and like, okay, they're gonna adjust like this. So we're gonna adjust like this when you don't actually have to adjust sometimes. If you're mm-hmm. if you're a winning team at halftime, it's up to the other team to adjust. You don't have to yeah, you're adjust. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna keep doing what you're doing. You shouldn't change like like they you said, I, make I don't know you. why they came out with that. Yeah. I don't know what made them come out with that. It, it was pointless. Um, for one, your court your running back, your star running back should not be the guy touching the ball first while you're up two touchdowns. Uh, it was, I don't know why they did that. It was pointless, but they put them back in the game pretty much doing yeah. that. And the chink, if there is a chink, I don't think that they have a major chink like that. But it is, what it is is notice how the games that were close for the Crocs were all against mobile quarterbacks too. Gwinner is mobile. The D line they have is a stout D line. They can rush. They will get sacks, but they have a hard time containing these running quarterbacks and you could, they could never finish the drives like the three and they, I mean, they had a few three and outs, they had a few sacks on Timothy, but a lot of it was because he was, you know, trying to hop around and maybe and get out of situations that he probably should have just went down on. But um, if anything, I think that's, that's where if the crops can be beaten, I think that's where you do it. You do it on the outside, you do the fly sweep, the the stuff that gives them problems for Alpha was having success on is the outside, and um, but like you say, the Crux, they they still find a way to win the game. Um, but as the season goes on, it's hard for teams that's winning to really get challenged enough to like say, "Hey, we need to be better in this situation, yeah. or we need yeah. to be better in that situation." You kind of just you kind of just float through the motion and go through the motion of like, "Oh, okay, we're gonna beat them," even though they pretty good, still gonna beat them. To, to add to your point, I think the only people that are gonna point out what the crocodiles aren't doing good are is us like we're probably the only people that are going to be able to say you know this is where you're actually not that great at um i've said it a few times here on the podcast before the crocodiles are the best team in the league and this game was more evidence of it that they are the best team but they are beatable and when i say that i don't i don't mean it to the point that i think anybody in the maple league can beat them but i think that they've Proven multiple times this season. Uh, let's let's go through a couple of teams: the Royals who they just played, the Butchers who they played earlier, UNC. I think both times you have games where they get ahead. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I'm gonna point to that third quarter in all these games where they let this team come back, and then in the fourth quarter they finish the game, and that's what really makes them the best team in the league is. I don't care what the score is in the fourth quarter. If they have a chance to win, like it was with four minutes left in this game, they're only down by three, which means they, they're not even really playing to get a touchdown. Everybody believes in um, Ed to 
Macimonis. Is that how you say his last name? I'm not sure. But um, number seven, as we call him in the group chat, everybody knew that once they started that drive, I think they started on their like 30 yard line or something, that they're just, they have to get close enough to make a field goal. And if they have enough time, they're going to try to put it in the end zone. Fortunately, Royals defense gave them everything and let them drive the field four minutes and 11 seconds <laughs> for the, the mm-hmm. game-winning touchdown, um, you know, courtesy of uh, CP, who has like 8,000 touchdowns this season. So it's just one of those things that they – there's one thing that separates them from everyone is that they know how to finish. So no matter what we say about there's a chink or even me saying that they are beatable, which they are, I'm just saying it, if someone could do third quarter twice, they could lose a game. But this this look, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna give us a game. I'm gonna give us a game. Not to cut yep. you, I'm gonna give us a game. Go ahead. All you have to do, if you want to beat the Crocs, all you have to do is go through all of their uh I don't know who has the time to do it, but it's something that I would do. I would go and see on defense whether they give up the most of their touchdowns and their big plays in the passing game. If I'm if I'm the butchers or the roosters, I'm going to look and see on their secondary who can we go at, or who can we get one on ones with that has been giving up stuff all year, and the Crocs can't play double. T- they can't double team Kittner all game. They can't double team. Miko Sheffman all game. So what you do is you look at that and see where they gave up the most touchdowns. Now, I I can kind of guess who probably gave up the most touchdowns. <laughs> uh, number-wise, I'm not going to yeah. put them out there like that, but all yeah. you got to do is watch the film. And you know where the chink is. You know where it is. So, um, unfortunately, in the playoffs now, there's only really one running team. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the Crocs. <laughs> yeah, and that's the Crocs. So, so this tells you right now, um, if the Crocs don't come out dominating the run game, they're going to be in trouble in the playoffs. And the reason I say that is because now everything that happened during the season doesn't matter now. Kidner is here in your face now. Uh, Miko Seppinen, Nottingham, uh M- Mickey J, they're all in your face now. And you have to stop them this game. They don't have to worry about what you did during the season. So now it's a it's a bargain. So you look at that and you say, hey, where can we go where Eric isn't helping over the top? He can't run the whole field. So then you start finding in the in the roosters, um, they're scoring off of seams, seams, fades, goal routes. This is what they're scoring off of. You know what I mean? And in it's just it is what it is. So you go at the DBs. That's what you're supposed to do. Only like, only problem I got with that, I think I think you're 100 percent right. Like their passing defense won't necessarily match up all the time. But the, the issue with that is the difference between them and a lot of the teams they play is most teams can't get the passing going. Like yeah, the thing is you yeah. they'll hold the ball. Like I'm looking at their um in this last game, all their scoring drives when the crocodiles are on offense. They're driving down the field, taking up four or five minutes a clock, which in real time is like mm-hmm. 10 to 15 minutes, which means your offense gets cold. Then your offense comes mm-hmm. out there and they're not able to put together a drive because all they need is, you know, Seth Zins, Philip Zakic, 
Elijah Watson one one play to back you up. Once yeah. they back you up, they know what you're gonna do. Yeah. And once they know what you're gonna do, you're in a you're in a shit situation. You gotta figure something else out. And most teams just don't have the um the patience to stick with it. And that's yeah. what they really do very well is they force you to play into what they want. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what makes it tough to play against this team is because defensively they they like you said, they have chinks. Their defense, as great as the D line is, the linebackers, even most of the secondary, they have just enough chinks everywhere that teams have had success both running and passing. Like if you look at like if Again, this isn't what I do for a living, but I know there's coaches out there who are looking at the actual games and saying, hey, you can run against this team or, hey, you can pass against this team. You can. The problem that everyone is having is can you do it consistently enough like they do it on the other side? Because what happens is if you don't score, they don't mess around and score. Because they know yeah. what to do on offense. And I don't think there's a defense in the Maple League that can stop their offense. Yeah. So it's that, yeah. that you gotta make it count. Ball. You got to make it count. When, you, when you're playing against them, you got to make all your drives count, or at least much, much 50% of your drives got to count because they're going to take up so much time mm-hmm. with their offense. But it's simple. I mean, um, it, it really is. Football is really is simple sometimes. It's find a mismatch. Find your mismatch. And exploit it. You got to, and like you say, the thing that teams don't like to do is stick with it. They don't like if it's not happening the first two drives, three third drive, then they go away from it. Like you actually have to stick with it. If the games end up being nine to seven, ten to seven, it is what it is. Or if you or if your running back ends it. up with thirty two carries, yeah, like that. That's what the crocodiles do well is they'll stick with what works if they if they really want to. I mean, again, that third quarter, I don't know what they be thinking. But by the end of the game, they, they do what they need to do. Like, even in that last drive, you know, it's a heavy dose of Christian Powell sprinkled in with everyone else, you know, doing their part. Zach Whitehead showed up big in this game. His legs were a very active part of why they were successful. They ran that read option, and he had a lot of yards against the Royals, like, yeah. running that ball. And that's something that's kind of not talked about a lot when you talk about Zach Whitehead is him as a as a running quarterback, but he can he can get down with the get down. Don't get yeah, it twisted. Like he, if they he does he does enough. You know, yeah, I think they he need does enough to. to get the job done. Like, Last thing I want to say about this game before we move on is um I want to throw a shout out to Timothy Morovic, quarterback from the Royals. Because I think he he had close to like a hundred some yards rushing in this game and he looked real good. And there was this one play where he should have scored a touchdown. But um, number, I want to say either number 44 or number 14, I can't remember, dove and got him tripped up oh, at the tripping. last second. Yeah. Tim, unhitch the trailer, man. Yeah, unhitch the trailer. Up. Knees up, man. He, if, you, if you watch <laughs> Timothy Morvick, that dude can run. But he don't be running. Like, he's running like, like real like smooth, casual, ready to cut or something, but he won't just like open up. And that's what kept him from scoring that touchdown. That's happened like three or four times this season. So I just want to say to Tim, you know, unhitch the trailer, man. When you start running, just run. Open up, sprint. Because he's he's a little bit faster than what he shows, but he doesn't ever really run full speed because he's always looking for like a, a lane or a cutback or something. And on that play, 
he literally was running through the defense. Like, he was faster than mm-hmm. they are. But you could tell, like, he's running, like, 80, 85. Go on, hit 90, 90, 95%, man. He could have scored a touchdown. It'd be great. But he obviously, he saves a little bit because he's the quarterback and offensive coordinator. So, you know, next play, he has to be thinking. And I know once you use all that speed, you probably can't think anything but hand it off to somebody else. But my, my last thing I just want to say is, Timothy Morovic, unhitch that trailer. Let us see them wheels, man. Let us see them wheels. <laughs> Represent the community and buy us a coffee. AFF is run by volunteers who love the sport and want to give you the best coverage of it as possible. In true Finnish fashion, we love coffee and would appreciate any donation to help us buy a cup or two. You can donate online at buymeacoffee.com forward slash AFF23. Last game of the week, Corbio Steelers, Helsinki Roosters. It went down the way it went down. Uh, in this one, who do you think won or lost this game? Ooh, it was close Steelers. at half. It, it, it was close at half. Um, it was just something not right about this game, though. Yeah, I agree. It was just something not right about this game with Corpio. Uh, I'll start off on the Corpio side. They lost. Mm. Corpio lost this game and the Roosters won it. <laughs> <laughs> facts. Big facts. <laughs> uh, because I'll say that the alarming thing was the penalties. There were so it many was penalties. A, it was a ridiculous amount of penalties. I know that they called over 30 penalties in this game, which is crazy, which is wild. So I don't know if it was referees or it was just that chippy out there. This it it did play. look chippy though. I give that you that. Hurt. It was chippy and it was hurt. It's like once you get once you start getting into all of that, you're kind of killing the momentum from each team. And uh 30 penalties in the game is like ridiculous. Um Corpio looked horrible. Corpio looked horrible. Just, to, just to throw it out there, um, there were 31 penalties, 16 for the Roosters, mm-hmm. 15 for the Steelers. 125 yeah, yards of penalties yeah. for the Roosters, 139 yards of penalties for the Steelers. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Any game you go in, you got over 10 penalties. I'm running every – if I'm the coach, I'm running everybody <laughs> after the game. <laughs> We're running after the game if we got that many penalties because it's just it's just you're giving the other team so many chances. And Corpio already – they definitely don't have an identity now. Um, if they didn't have one when Lee Athena got hurt, they definitely don't have one now. When I look at their team, I'm like, who is this? I don't even know what we would watch. Ambro looks so out of it. I don't know if he's injured, what it is. He looks out of it. Some of the throws that are supposed to be easy throws for him were going in the dirt. Um, he was off, couldn't hit. Um, the one receiver that they do have, I think, when he could he could barely con- you know connect with him. Um, running game, non-existent. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to throw this out there first. Okay. Corpio, four first downs in the first half. That is ridiculous for a championship team. Four they first only, downs. They only finished with 12. Now, <laughs> now, the next thing, a negative 16 rushing yards in the first half is ridiculous. So, I'm gonna. I'm not going to blame the players. I'm going to blame the organization today because you had plenty of time to sign people, to make moves, to give your guys a chance to still win this season. And the sign, the signing that you did do 
uh, didn't make any sense to me um, because this can't be the display that y'all wanted to put out in front of everybody. I don't think that the board, I don't think in, that the coaches came together and said, yes, this is the best we can put together right now. Now, you're coming into a game where you know you got to win. You have to beat the Roosters. It's a must win for you guys. And this is the team that y'all came out with. They look down. Like, if you look on the side, This is line, your king. <laughs> when Ambrose, this, yeah, like, like if you just go, I'm not even, I'm just saying this. Go look at the film and look on the sideline when they're third down and Ambrose throws the ball. I don't know where he, he whatever he does. Watch how his teammates look. That tells you everything right there. The confidence, they do not have confidence in him right now. It doesn't matter what Leroy and that defense does. It, it's not going to matter because offensively, they can't do anything. They can't do anything. If they score on offense, it's it's at this point, it's from luck, if you ask me. It's, it's, it's luck. <laughs> it's like I don't, open I don't somebody like to, open. Yeah, I don't like to throw out stats, but like you, you, I went to go look at the stats about the penalties. So now I can see the stats. I just we I gotta say this: total offensive yards, the Steelers guess over under two hundred. Under, <laughs> over under one hundred and fifty. I'll say over one hundred and fifty, maybe. They had one hundred and sixteen total offensive yards. When you you were talking about the first downs, you said they had four and a half. I was looking at the total. I was like, well, they had twelve total. They had three rushing first downs. Four passing first downs and five penalty first downs. So they had more penalty first so. downs than they had actually. Like I mean, they I guess they technically made seven, but five came from penalties. Yeah. So I mean, that's a, a five out of twelve. That, they had some help. Almost half of their first downs came from penalties. Like they didn't do anything yeah. on offense. They, uh, I want to give a shout go. out. Uh, shout out to the Corpio Steelers defense. Y'all are the real MVP yeah. because if I was on they a team that didn't give me no help on the other side of the ball, you're in the make way and you held that <laughs> other team. And we think highly, we think highly of the Roosters offense. Like it's just, they're a good offense. You, you technically held them to 300 total yards, 21 points. That That's a win as a defense. You go from this game saying we did everything we could do. Only thing we could have done better is to take the ball and score points because our offense couldn't. It's the only yeah. thing their defense could have done. And and their defense played really good. As I was watching this game, one thing I was thinking is, like, the Steelers' defense, they're good. I don't think they're great. I think, you know, both of their cornerbacks are higher-level cornerbacks than we see, but the offensive players they're going against are a little bit better. Yeah. You can be – And they, they look – they look like Corpio's defense like doesn't look bad. So you yeah, know it's a it's good like, defense. It's not this. Yeah, it's a good defense. It's just when your offense is constantly having you on the field. Yeah. Um, it's disturb. It's not disturbing, but it's just it's frustrating because it's like, gosh, like we're giving you the three and outs. We 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 holding them. Like yeah. come on now, give us give us some. But then you come. They come out there and it's like not one complete drive really. Uh, Ambrose just. I'm going to throw out more stats for for this defense. Okay, the Roosters, three for six in the red zone. So you're telling me the Roosters get to the red zone. You know, matter of fact, when – now I'm I'm remembering the exact play when number six, UC fumbled on the goal line. 
I know it was late in the game, but that defense was fighting. I think it was only Karki that knocked it out. That defense was fighting. You're, you're telling me the Roosters got inside the goal line six times, only came out with 21 points. So, I mean, the defense, a lot of those times, defense probably wasn't even the reason they got to the red zone. But you got them at 50%, and your offense couldn't do nothing for you. Nothing for you. If I was a defense of anything for the Steelers right now, I would feel some type of way about the players on offense as well as what this team is trying to do. Because I don't get the point. What's the point of playing in Maple Leaf if you ain't putting up 40? Like, that's a whole thing. Everybody putting up 40. You hold a team to 21, you're getting a dub. You should be getting a dub. And they're not even close to winning. In this game, if you look at it, again, they were the, the Roosters were in the red zone six times. They should have scored four or five times. The Steelers were only in the red zone, I want to say, once. And they scored a touchdown that one time. Ultimately, this game should have been 35-7. to seven, And they were able to curtail that to 21. Your offense got to do better. That's just the only bad part about this game was that offense got to do better. And even worse so, it looks like the Steelers are probably going to make the playoffs. And whoever playing them is is um, licking their lips right now. Like, oh, we get the Steelers. We ain't got to worry yeah, about nothing. Yeah, I would want to play them. I definitely would want to play them if I was – I don't care who it is. But if, if they say we got Corpio right now, I'm ready. I'm ready because offensively they have nothing to offer us at all. And now let's – I mean, I'm just going to keep piling on. I feel like I that, that's the mood I'm in because I picked the Steelers to win championship, and they ain't looking like championship team. But just to pile on, Hannes Haru, my guy, I don't know if he knows um, Johannes Johannes. I don't know if they, like, talk or anything. But I think Johannes could tell you what it's like going from Quopio and then playing for the Roosters because that's that's what you're reminding me of out there. Hannes Haru is getting open. Open. Cool. Nobody can get the ball to him. Now he dropped he dropped one pass in this game. And he I got one. Yeah. And you dropped yeah. some. But even the one that he caught where he had to like almost fall backwards because it was short. It looked like he should have got intercepted. That's as close as he getting to good balls. Like quarterback can't get this man the ball and he getting wide open. They brought in another American. I don't care who they bring in. That guy ain't the guy. Hannes is the guy. That's the guy you gotta get the ball to. And in this game, you saw Ambro targeted Hannes a lot. Rarely was the ball ever on point. Just you can't get it to your best receiver. You can't create offense. And they they abandoned the run game. Like, they gave up on that really early. Which I think it's crazy because I still think that they were able to run. They just – they got – what is it? Flustered, I think. Every time the run mm-hmm. didn't stop, they said, okay, screw it. We're just going to pass. And then you got yourself in a hole because your quarterback can't throw it to anybody. And you can't actually stop their pass rush, which is what the Roosters wanted to do. They wanted to pass rush. They would prefer to pass rush than to actually stop the run game. I think that's what everybody in the Maple League wants to do. So that, that's the last mm-hmm. thing I say. I'm getting upset just thinking about how bad they played in this game. Kudos to the Roosters. Y'all played great. I, I, I do think the Roosters played really good in this game. I think offensively they left some points on the board. But, again – they did enough to win the game, and they knew they were going to win the game. I feel like they they were in control the whole time. I never felt like, oh, man, the Steelers might come back. Never had that feeling in this game. 
at all. <laughs> it just, like I, at all. So that's that just, game. I, it, I, yeah, let's let's. I could go all day on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just I'm just I'm just disappointed because I just I just I I can't believe that they like that's what they came out with. I just cannot believe. It. I feel like like I think when you lose a player, a star player or two star players, if you want to count McDonald's the other one. Yeah, I think when you when you have to replace them with the same caliber of people, um, otherwise your team. Identity really gets exposed in, and I think Corpios did. I think now we're starting to see that they really, really relied on reason over more than what I thought. Um, and he was a big part of why Ambro had success throwing the ball because these safeties were coming down in the box, and he had the one on ones deep. He had the you know the 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 matches that he wanted, but now it's not that we'd have no reason as a safety you have no reason to come down to the box at all it's not one threat to come down to the box so now they just sit back and read and he doesn't really read defenses like that so yeah it's just tough tough one for for corpio man i i hope they figure something out because if they go into the playoffs with this it's going to be a quick quick uh visit and, yeah. and go home exit stage left <laughs> just show up take yeah. photos and then you out of here <laughs> Get out of there. Appreciate you coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this episode of American Football in Finland. Hope it was worth the listen. Any last words before we get out of here, Q? No, okay. We're getting into the gritty of it, man. Some teams are out. Some teams still fighting for certain spots. So, you know, good luck to everybody that's still fighting. Oh, I, man, I almost forgot. Uh, shout out to Turku Trojans women, women's Maple League champions. Oh, yeah, ball. They, it was an epic game. And, oh, man, I'm going to have to take over last words to explain how good this game was, Q. I don't know if you heard about what happened, but anyone who didn't go to this game in Vanta or didn't watch it on Rutu, you missed it. Like, And if, if you have Rutu, go back and watch this game on Rutu. The Helsinki Wolverines women and the Turku Trojan women, they was out there playing football. Like, I showed up a little bit late to the game, and it was 0-0 in the second quarter. I'm like, this is crazy. They must be horrible out here. But I started watching the game. When I say bodies was flying, <laughs> it looked like a uh, like an early 2000s NFL-type game. Like, there was hits, and and not like – Oh, I'm gonna kill somebody here. It's just solid, like um contact points, players meeting in the hole, players meeting other players on the sideline. Like if you try to slow down before a sideline, they sideline popping over there. So everybody's heads on a swivel, uh, not crack back blocks per se, but some very good blocks that looked okay. I wouldn't want to be on that field taking contact. Very physical game. And both teams were really adjusting. And it was a much higher level game than what I expected to see from the women's side, especially with so few teams this year. And at the end of the game, it's fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, still 0-0. The Wolverines go down and score with 53 seconds left in the game. And they, they had a couple good plays. A, a really good pass play that got him down there, and they scored with 53 seconds left in the game. I'm like, dang, that's so crazy that the defense finally gave up some points, but it wasn't over. 
the Trojans <laughs> drive the field and with two seconds left throw a corner route, I want to say. Is a route? No, no, they threw a fade. They threw a fade. They threw a fade to number 86. I don't want to get her name wrong, but I want to say Tia Johnson. Tia Jansen, number 86, big, tall receiver. They throw a fade. She catches it. They score. The crowd goes crazy. Oh, my God. They go for two. No hesitation. They go for two. Receiver runs a corner route on a two-point conversion. They score. They win the game eight to seven. Walk off. If you are a Helsinki Wolverines fan, your heart dropped watching this game. (laughs) Your heart dropped because that team played so good, so well for four quarters and what for three quarters and almost four quarters minus those last 53 seconds where the other team was able to go down the field. And if you're a Turku Trojans fan, they just won their third championship in a row in a row. And they, they did what, what they thought they could do is no matter what, if there's any chance to win, they're going to win. They're kind of reminiscent of the Sinayogi uh, crocodiles in that aspect. But I know his last words. I just wanted to throw it out there that it was a great game to watch and see and be a part of. And if you haven't yet, check it out on Rutu. Watch the highlights or something. I think we're going to put the highlights up on on Instagram from that game later. But it was a great game. Congratulations to the Trojans ladies with the win. And enjoy the spoils of winning and becoming Maple Mm. League champions. Uh, That's all I got. If you enjoyed the show, please follow us. And wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube, don't forget to rate us five stars. Anything less tells us you're a hater. You can follow us on the gram and Facebook at American Football in Finland. Until next time, never forget T-I-F. And we go. American football in Finland. Attention business owners and entrepreneurs. Are you ready to connect with passionate American football enthusiasts in Finland? Look no further than the American football in Finland podcast. With over 1,000 dedicated subscribers and an impressive 20,000 downloads, your message can reach a captive audience eager for your products or services. Take advantage of over 10,000 monthly social media impressions to boost your brand's visibility. Imagine the impact of your message resonating with this engaged community. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to increase brand awareness, drive traffic, and grow your business. Contact us today to secure your exclusive ad spot on the American Football in Finland podcast. Get ready to score big with your target audience.